Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 398, A Piney Woods Turkey Hunt, and I am your co-host, and the guy who is now up to nine Failed swimming lesson students. And I'm your co-host and the guy who is going to do tryouts for the Black Eyes. Yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe Tour de France. Tour de France? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be making the Tour de France. Uh, just a little background on that comment. I'm carrying around a nice shiner these days. Mm-hmm. Real good. Black above, black below, turning black on the sides. And I'm looking like those critters that I try to trap at all times on one half of my face, and that would be the raccoon, because I have got a serious black eye going on. You didn't even get sent home from school one day. I know, and like, you know, it's just like every cool injury. You know, you wish you had this story of, I got in this big bar fight because some, some guy said a crude comment about my wife and I just beat the tar out of him, you know, something like that. But yeah. sadly, it's not the case. I, I, I thought I was much better at bike riding than I am. And 
apparently you do forget how to ride a bike at some point in life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was chasing down a dog that had run off at a high speed on on a bike and in the dark and hit a pothole with no helmet on and ended up face first on the pavement. So that's what happened to me. I've got a massive black eye, but I'm okay. No concussion. If I start talking in reverse, then maybe I'll need to go get that checked out. But so far, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. But it is quite the shiner. I got a huge presentation tomorrow. So that's going to be nice walking in with this giant black eye to talk to these folks about investments. Well, you know, it, I guess the good thing is it makes Audrey look real tough. That's what I, I tell people when they first ask him. Like, I told Audrey I was going turkey hunting in June. And they're like, oh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, totally believable. Yeah, maybe my lead-in tomorrow will be like, this is what stockbrokers look like when the market goes down. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally believable, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so... There, when I when I first started in the mortgage business, I shared or actually rented an office space from a real estate company, and just down the hall from me was a home builder. And he came in one day, and he had a a black eye. And I said, Henry, what happened to your eye? And his wife's name was Ann. And he said, I'm telling you, me and Ann got into it Saturday night, and I thought she was swinging high, and I ducked and just ducked right into it so maybe that ought to be your story yeah you thought audrey was going high she went low and you just ducked right into that right hook yeah yeah well so it sounds like the chipmunk trapping is going well for the summer yeah so two weeks for you it's going going well for me two weeks of trapping and nine chipmunks and a tweety bird nice did you did you kill the bird, or did you let him live? I'm just soft-hearted, man. I just, you know, Tweety Bird had to go. Had to get, had to go. No, I had to get out. Had to oh. had to fly. Had to <laughs> be our, free. Our, our Tweety Bird populations are down, so I'm glad you let him lose. You know, you're right. You are 100 percent correct. Yeah. So glad, glad you let him lose. We're we're losing them, so we need them. But well. I wish we were losing some chipmunks. Yeah. Well, we're about to be the, the coyote population in Tennessee. Better watch out because I got a shipment of traps coming in tomorrow. All right. That is, that's one of my off-season goals this year is to start catching larger predators, not just the nest raiders. I want to try to start getting rid of some coyotes and bobcats and fox and things like that. So yeah. I got a lot to learn there, but and it, it's going to be a step up from putting out a dog proof with some marshmallows in it i know but got to start somewhere so are you a member of the national trappers association the nta i am not uh you really should join i i will do that yeah i will do that but i'm hoping to learn it man because when i had my coon traps out i had trail cameras out kind of monitoring things and i got lots of coyote and bobcat pictures so i know they're there and you know i'm going to try to reduce them on our properties i think it helps yeah i don't know how it couldn't help well if any of you guys listening have any great coyote trapping tips that you want to share with cameron then hit him up please do yeah seriously please do that because i got the shipment coming in tomorrow i got a dozen foothold traps and then i got all the different things you need to dig your dirt hole and the sifter to put the dirt back on and hammer a driver and 
all kinds of stuff. I, I ordered so much junk. I don't even know what half of it is, but apparently it's everything I need. Yeah. And I bought some kind of bait that the reviews of it were like, your UPS guy is going to hate you because this smells so bad. <laughs> Literally, the reviews are like, mine came in a jar wrapped in plastic in a bag that was in a box that was in plastic in another bag, and you could still smell it. <laughs> Why do you want to make your UPS driver mad? He's your good luck charm. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's FedEx tomorrow. Hopefully it's not UPS guy. <laughs> I would hate to have that happen. If that if that stops that good luck charm, then I'm going to have to, I don't know, have to do some voodoo or something to get him back. Because he is definitely, I mean, he should be outlawed in, in all 49 states if we're going to keep turkeys going. Because <laughs> that guy is dead. <laughs> I have to tell you this. I I didn't get the picture of it that I wanted, but I killed a turkey on my big out-of-state trip this year. And, you know, normally we do two big trips and yeah. did one this year. So I killed a turkey and I was cleaning the turkey mm-hmm. when the UPS driver comes driving by and stops at a stop sign not far from where I was cleaning the turkey. And I said... I got to get a picture of that. And of course, my hands were just disgusting. Yeah. And I reached down and I got the phone, but I couldn't get the camera app open quick enough to get a picture before he drove off. So Dang. I said, camera's going to love this. That was probably him. That probably I mean, he, was him. He only shows when the cleaning of the bird is going down. Yeah. He's a legend. I'm telling you, man. He's it's serious. If it's if that trend continues next year, my mind's going to be blown. <laughs> absolutely blind it was it was so sad the last you know when season was over and he he delivered something and the turkey season was over like he was so dejected when he got out and i wasn't out there with the turkey <laughs> he was like what's wrong like he like he's like what's going on what's wrong with you today and i was like man season's over i can't kill him anymore and he's like oh no <laughs> that's awesome yeah it was it was a good run it was a good run but yeah we got this week i guess we're taking we're done with our hand up turkey series which i thought i thought that went great i mean three out of the four shows were full of great information and then you and i come kind of babbled about some stuff last week but yeah it was it was good and we had some good feedback we got an email today from a guy saying that he really enjoyed those episodes so Good. I really appreciate when people will take time to do that. Yeah, I mean, there's, we all get pulled in a million different directions. And so anytime you guys take a few minutes and shoot an email or send a message on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, I know I'm appreciative and Cameron is too. And we often, often, often share those with each other. So, you know, yeah. if you if you message Cameron, there's a real good chance it's, it's getting to me as well and vice versa so you know that's look it's the juice that keeps the vehicle moving you know if if nobody acted like they listened to the show cameron and i well we'd still do the show because we love talking turkeys with people but (laughs) it wouldn't make it as as much fun to do the show i'll put it that way so you know we appreciate you guys that listen and especially taking the time out of your life to share successes and share pictures and share stories and or just even drop some kind words we appreciate you yeah so randy thank you for your email 
he he got the favor of the week last week of pult reports. So Fantastic. he he said he has seen two hens with six pults and another hen with five pults. So that is an excellent ratio. Yes, it is. So that that's good stuff. And then gave us a, a season recap of of what happened with him this turkey season. So Randy, thank you for reaching out. You obviously have it pretty bad if you're still listening to turkey content in June. You know. No doubt. You're one of the faithfuls. <laughs> Appreciate did, you, and thank you for reaching out. Did he mention what part of the world he is from? Like southeast, northeast, midwest? So he is from northeast, but where he saw all the hens with poults was in the southeast. Interesting. Okay. Yes. He was on vacation and saw, or I guess vacation, he was visiting a city in the southeast, a family reunion. It says it right here. Cool. He saw two hens with six poults, one hen with five poults, and then two lone hens. Gotcha. But that's still a good ratio. Three out of five hens had poults and, and good numbers. So Yeah. I'd, I'd take that. If you told me I could have that on the full landscape, three out of five with poults, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So that's better than seeing five lone hens with no poults. And there's been yeah. years when that's happened. Yeah. I've, I have only seen one hen since turkey season ended and now i have not been out much i've seen oh i take that back i've seen two hens one hen definitely had no poults with her and the other hen was in some pretty tall vegetation that very well could have had poults with her i just i wouldn't have been able to see them but that's the only observations i've had i I, but again i haven't been out you know right now is my cleanup time get back into the office and get to work you know so yeah I haven't been able to get in the woods much. Plus, so many family obligations in the summer. Like, it's just back-to-back and weddings and all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hopefully awesome. they had a good hatch. We'll see. But you have got, probably of all the texts I received from you this season, when I got the picture of this turkey, I was probably the most pumped for you. I'm, you know, just going to be honest. I was, I was fired up. I was pretty fired up myself, you know? You knocked out some hammer of you know difficulty states this year and it happened quick man yeah that's just crazy it was a great year a great season as far as that's concerned you know i had a state that just was a thorn in my side but most people's sides yeah it's still stuck firmly in my side yeah, but got that one marked off the list and got another very difficult state marked off the list. And, you know, doing those on your own on public ground is always rewarding. But yeah. it was just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and I'm out of here. Yes. Yeah, so why don't you, you got some audio for us. So why don't you set the stage for the hunt that you plan to share with us today? Yeah. So as I mentioned when we open the show up, this hunt takes place in some piney woods. And so you've got just a little bit of hills, very much pine plantation. And in some areas, you've got some mixed hardwoods. Nice. And Is it pretty well-managed pine plantation with this good sunlight hitting the ground type things? I'm going to tell you that if I could pick up this piece of property, at least the section that I hunted, and move it to within an hour of where I lived and put it down and continue to manage it the way that it had been managed, you would not be able to tell me anything. (laughs) 
nor would you ever be able to get me off of that piece of dirt. Really? was gorgeous. I mm. mean, and you look around and just a really good mix of habitat for turkeys. You had, well, and I'll say this too, for deer, and this place had some hogs on it as well. And, I mean, it just, it was fantastic. Good brood rearing habitat, good nesting habitat, good habitat for adult turkeys. You know, going throughout the year, you had the hardwood mast areas for you know yeah. the fall when, when your oaks are dropping nuts. And, I mean, it just, it had food plots on it. I, I, I mean, again, I think it's probably one of the finest pieces of ground period that I've ever stepped foot on and I know without a doubt it's the best looking piece of public ground I have ever been on. Wow. You know what you need to do? You need to email the WMA manager and tell him great job. That's You're right. You're right. I've done that I've done that once on a WMA that I hunted and I was like, you know what? Whoever's managing this, they deserve to be told they're doing a great job. <laughs> well, so I had actually composed an email to the wild turkey biologist in the state nice. to send it to him. And then I stopped because I said, you know, I think I just want to call him. And well, for me, I don't know about the rest of you, but if I don't do something like that right away, life just yeah. clobbers it. So this is a good reminder for me to pick up the phone and call him one day. Well, why not tomorrow? Yeah. Well, you know, like we were saying with our podcast, people tell us good job, it feels good. And... Absolutely. And you're right. I do need to, to, I'll probably just go ahead and ask him for the name and phone number of that manager of that WMA and, yeah. you know, just call him and just say, look, you know, I want to hire you. The problem is I don't have enough land for you, to, for you to be able to manage. But it's an incredible piece of property. And so where I was hunting, you know, if you could carve out a piece of it, let's just say, let's say I covered maybe, and I'm not talking about covering it with a fine tooth comb, but let's say I covered maybe 400 acres this particular morning. Yeah. And I, I have to tell this part of the of the hunt from the bat. So I am not a sleep in your truck, sleep in your car kind of guy. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. If you're driving or sometimes if I'm driving, I can take a good little nap in the car. Yeah. But I am not a get six, seven, eight hours of sleep in a vehicle person. So I take a tent, an air mattress with me. That should really kind of clue everybody in. I take an air mattress with me. Hey, you like to sleep comfortable. There's nothing wrong with that. It's about the only way I can sleep because I yeah. don't sleep. I, even in my own bed, in my own house, I don't sleep all that well. So yeah. for me to sleep outside, you know, things have got to be comfortable and got to be right. Yeah. So I get to this piece of property late, later than I wanted to. And keep in mind, it's springtime, so 8, 8.30 is late for me. Mm -hmm. This was about... 9.30 that I pulled into the camping area for this particular piece of property. And I decided to hunt this really last minute. There's about four or five WMAs that are all within about a, I'd say a 45 minute to an hour drive of each other. Yeah. And I chose this one 
literally I was on my way to another one, to the camping area of another WMA. And I said, you know what? I just got a feeling. You know, I keep getting like three or four times this thought comes in my head of go to this place, go to this place, go to this place. So you better listen when that happens. And I did. Oh, absolutely. Pull into the camping area and it is pitch black dark, no moon. I pull in the camping area and I don't see a soul there. I'm like, wow, this could be really good or I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I know exactly what you mean. It's like, I either just lucked into the honey hole or everybody knows something I don't know. Uh huh. I could be, you know, behind somebody's barn on a, on some private ground for all I know. (laughs) <laughs> Onyx showed me I was where I needed to be, but you never know. So I pull in there tired, and I the first thought that comes across my mind was, I am not going to unpack the tent and blow up the air mattress. I'll just do that tomorrow. Yeah. Because really, I was thinking I might just hunt there one day. I'll just kind of see how it goes. And then, you know, if I don't kill anything, the next day I'll go to the place that I originally was going to go to. So... I sleep in the truck, made the decision not to unpack and set up camp, just going to stay in the truck. Set the alarm, and I woke up maybe three or four times during the night Mm -hmm. and actually slept fairly well. Nice. Yeah, that's always good. The alarm goes off. I set the alarm way earlier than I really wanted to because I'm on public ground and I want to make sure I'm getting my spot, even though this is during the week. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure I'm going to get the spot that I want. Absolutely. And so I drive the truck over to the area that I wanted to hunt, park, get out. It starts cracking day. I start hooting. Nothing. Crow calling. Nothing. Turkey calling. Nothing. Mm. I said, well, I'm just going to cover some ground. So I start walking. I am immediately in, I'm going to, I get, 15 yards off the road and I'm in an area that had freshly been burned Hmm. maybe three weeks, two weeks, three weeks earlier. And I'm thinking how on God's green earth is there not a goblin turkey (laughs) right here, right here. I am walking the, the fire lane, looking for tracks, stopping and calling, listening for hens, you know, any kind of turkey sounds at all. So I walk probably 300 yards and start to see a little turkey sign. I see some old scratching. And I was just starting to transition out of the pines and into a section of hardwoods. And so I get in this section of hardwoods and I hit the property line, public ground, private ground. And I start walking the property line. Well, I start seeing some fairly fresh scratching. So I'm like, all right, mark my little spot on on X, you know, and I'm still calling as I'm walking, obviously, but I haven't, haven't heard the first gobble yet. Yeah. And I walk on down, I hit a road, turn right on the road, it starts to get wet. And I mean, it's like water that's eight, 10 inches deep, not good turkey hunting ground. But I'm looking at the map and I'm looking out ahead because again, this is, I mean, this place is just managed perfectly. I'm back on the edge of the pines, and these pines had been thinned. There's a lot of little blue stem growing in there. You know, just great, great habitat. So I'm walking, and I hear a hen answer me as I'm walking and calling. I'm like, all right. So I'll, 
I walk around and I find me a little spot to sit down. I sit and I'm like, nope, not going to work. I can't see, I can't see 20 feet yeah. with all this bl- little blue stem, natural grass growing, you know, the native grasses growing r- around there. So I stand up and I keep calling, keep calling. I hear her call one more time. Didn't hear her again. She didn't come to me. So I'm like, well, that didn't quite work out the way that I wanted. I figured, you know, she was answering me. I kind of thought she'd come on in at least yeah. get close enough for me to be able to see. And so I kept walking and I hit the corner of public ground and private ground, hang a left and I start walking down the corner. And there's a road that cuts back into the public ground from there. And so I hit that road and start walking in deeper into the public ground. I take out my trumpet call. I yelp turkey gobbles. I was like, Woo! holy cow. That's good. That's really good. Now, I'm in a flat area at this point. The the topography, the terrain's just real flat. Yeah. And I realized when I'm hunting at home or anywhere that there's hills and I hear one gobble, I have a hard time pinpointing that gobble. On flat ground, there's no question. <laughs> there's no echo. You know, I, my ears are like, there he is. So yeah. get my map out drop a pin where I heard the gobble and I call nothing. I call nothing. And I'm thinking, all right, he could be running towards me and these woods are pretty open. Yeah. Or I could have gotten a courtesy gobble. I need to sit my rear end down quickly. So I found me a spot to sit. I'm sitting there calling, calling, calling. And I thought at one point I heard a cluck, a gobbler cluck, but I, I couldn't swear that I heard it. So I sat there for an hour and eventually my calling waned down to nothing and I'm just sitting there and I'm listening and looking. No sign of a turkey, no sound of a turkey other than that cluck that I thought that I heard. And I could see in this little section of woods, I could see probably 150 yards in a lot of places. So I knew if this was an old bird, He knew that he could see 150 yards, if not further, and he knew he wasn't seeing any hen, and, you know, my chances of being able to call him in probably weren't real good in that little spot that I was in. So, anyway, I I get up, and I said, well, I don't believe I spooked him, and there's a really good chance that this time of year he's got a hen with him, and I just got the the courtesy gobble. So, I'm going to stay in the area. So, what I did was... I just did a semicircle around where I heard the gobble. I stayed about 300 yards from where I dropped that pin, and I just circled that turkey, and I came in from onto the opposite side of where I first set up on him. I got over there, and now I, at this point during that trek of that semicircle, and I'm taking my time walking, but I'm also looking for sign, and I'm looking to make sure I don't bump a turkey, but I start to see some more turkey sign. So... I'm feeling better about this piece of property, obviously, at this point. I get completely 180 degrees from where I was when I first heard him gobble. And I I just had a feeling that when I got there and I called, that he was going to answer. And it took me probably an hour to get there again. I mean, I, it's like I'm deer hunting, just stalk deer hunting, just moving very slowly, looking and listening I mean, I am hunting this turkey like crazy. I get to where I wanted to be, get my call out, and I call nothing. 
I was like, oh, yeah. just let the air out. I mean, just deflated. And I said, you know, again, I don't feel like I bumped him. I'm in the area that I know he's in, and I just need to hang out here. You know, if he had a hen with him when he gobbled that one time, it's not going to be long. That hen's probably going to be leaving him, and I could be in the hunt at any given time. So I hang out there and walk around actually away from where I heard the gobble and I'm just kind of scouting and looking around a little bit calling some and I said well I look at my phone I'm like well it's 12 30 I'm I'm just gonna get back to the truck fix a sandwich and then drive the truck halfway back in here and then I'm just gonna hunt this turkey this afternoon I'm gonna get in here and hunt this afternoon so as I'm walking out I walk up on this food plot and I look down at the end of the food plot. I'm like, what in the world is that? Get my binoculars up, and I can just see something black right on the edge Mm. of the food plot. And this, the edge that I saw that little black thing was, I don't know, it it had been cut maybe, clear cut, maybe three years earlier. So, you know, it's real scraggly looking, and it's probably all four or five feet tall on the left side of that food plot on the opposite side of the food plot from where I see this black thing is just beautiful hardwoods that go into piney woods I mean just absolutely gorgeous yeah get my binoculars up and I look down there I'm like yep that's what I thought it was it's a hog Ah, that's disappointing (laughs) yeah it was disappointing so I walk on up a little bit and the wind's kind of blowing a little screwy and I said well I'm just going to going up to the truck you know i'll scare that that hog off so i get on up and this this food plot's not real wide and it hugs this tree line on the left and curves to my left it makes a little dog leg not not real sharp but just a little dog leg off to the left and i get to where the the field curves and i look down well there's like nine hogs in the food plot so i said well i might try to kill one of these hogs We'll put a stalk on real quick. I was a pretty good distance, not terribly close, not terribly far. I was probably 400 yards from where I heard the turkey gobble. So I start walking towards the hogs and the wind shifted. Hogs smell me, take off running. It's like, perfect. I didn't really want to shoot anyway, but how do you resist shooting a hog? It's kind of <laughs> like, how do you resist shooting a raccoon or a coyote when you have a slow day in the turkey woods? So I took about after the hogs ran off, I just kind of stood there and watched for a little bit. And I took about four or five steps and I hear, ow. And I said, that was a turkey gobble. Took my map out, dropped a pin where I heard the bird gobble. Next thing I did was measure how far I was from where I heard the turkey gobble or where I dropped the pin on the, of, of where I thought I heard the turkey gobble. And mm-hmm. it was like 350 yards. And so I said, well... I know it was a pretty good distance away where I heard that bird gobble. I'm just going to go ahead and walk on in here about 100 yards, and then I'm going to call and just see if I can get an answer. So I start walking in the direction I hear the gobble, and I'm counting my steps because I don't want to screw this up again. Yeah. Big, open, pretty woods. I don't want to screw this up. I count off about 125 steps. I stop. Oh, yeah. I hit him back. As soon as he gobbled, I'd... Mm. 
Mm. I said, all right, we're getting ready to have a little bit of a game. So I get my map out, just confirm that my distance is about right from where I first heard him and where I'm standing now and how far away he is. And I'm like, okay, he's 250 yards out. I'm going to count off another 175 steps or whatever the number was I gave myself. And I start walking, counting steps. And I get at about, you know, whatever that number was, 160, 175. And I start looking for a place to sit down. Well, they gobble again. They gobble (laughs) again. And it was just at that point when I realized there were two turkeys because it was an and they were closer obviously because I'd covered some ground and so I guessed them to be 100 125 yards away big open woods I'm gonna err on the side of caution and find me a spot to sit and I'd just gotten into this area that had some islands of briars little briar patches scattered throughout it So it provided me a little bit of cover. The other thing that it did was it provided me a great place to set up where I was actually in the open, but it created kind of a corner or curve that the turkey would have had to have walked around for me to be able to see him. Perfect. Perfect. So I sit down there. I'm like, this is a great spot. I mean, I couldn't be happier with where I'm sitting have a little cover behind not really behind me but from where the turkeys would walk up is to my side from where the turkeys would walk up you know I I had some cover on the opposite side of me from where they would approach and my only concern with where I was sitting was that I didn't want to call them and have them go on the other side of the briar patch that I had between me and them and them come up behind me or to my right Mm -hmm. so I'm calling and calling over my right shoulder and they're answering and you know, they're, they're liking what I'm saying and I'm loving what they're telling me. (laughs) I mean, it's a match made in heaven at this point. So (laughs) it wasn't long after I sat down and got situated that I turned the recorder on and I'm going to run a little bit of the hunt at the beginning of the hunt because it's about 19 minutes worth of audio before there's a shot and there's no reason for you guys to sit and listen to birds chirping for a good bit of that 19 minutes so i'm gonna start in give you a little bit of an idea of how far they are because you can tell the gobbles are pretty far away but give you a little bit of an idea of how far they are away when i first sit down and then we'll cut that and tell you how much time passed between when I cut the audio, when I pick the audio back up, and then we'll hear the rest of the hunt. So listen in close, and there's some distant gobbling to be heard.
All right. So, you know, when I first sat down and started, they were gobbling pretty well. Yeah. And just me and my style of hunting, you know, and you know because you hunted with me a good bit, when I know that they're coming, I'm pretty well done yeah, as far as calling goes. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty well done. I, I feel like that's a great opportunity to overdo it. Yeah. And so as I quit calling, their gobbling slows down. But fortunately, there are owl, not owls, but hawks and crows in the area, and I'm getting some shot gobbles out of them, so I'm able to keep a good little pinpoint on them. So let's, man, that's huge. And that's the only downside to taking that conservative approach with a calling, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not as aware of where they are as they're approaching you if they're not gobbling or drumming. Yeah, then then you start playing mind games, like, are they circling me? Are they leaving? Should I call? You know, you start getting in your own head. That's exactly right. So audio here. We let 12 minutes go by. So let's pick the hunt up and I'll see you guys here shortly. Thank you, God.
Thank you, God. Holy cow. Oh, thank you, Lord. What a beautiful turkey. Oh, my gosh. Man, I, I don't know how many times I said it because I haven't listened to the after shot audio all the way through, but I know there were at least four times right there after the shot where I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, God. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's been a monkey. And, you know, just to have it happen in just such a textbook hunt and play out perfectly the way that as it was happening you know, we always try to stay one step ahead of, of the hunt and how it's going down, or try to anyway. So it played out exactly that way. Except that with me directing the calling over towards my right, I dang near directed the turkeys right on past me to the right before I ever saw the first one, the one that I killed. And so, but fortunately, the second one had just walked up about 25 yards, I mean, almost perfect at 10 o'clock for me to shoot him but I'd already swung around on the one on the right and he was at about I can't remember exactly 30 I think it was around 30 35 steps something like that and it just played out perfectly I mean I was so thankful for that turkey and you know sat there with him for a while and just tickled just to have him took some pictures really made sure to to get some really good pictures and it was a long walk back to the truck, and I was drenched in sweat. It was hot out in the sun that day. So get back to the truck. I get the turkey clean, throw the meat in the cooler, and realize at that point in time, I was packed. I didn't have anything to pack up to from my camp to have to worry about packing in the truck to get home. So I was packed up. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I had a pretty good little drive ahead of me, so off I go. Made myself a sandwich and cleaned up, changed clothes, and started driving. Made it back home at about, oh, I guess, 8.30, something like that, that night. And got to sleep in my own bed the second night. So, And it was just a fun hunt, great trip. You know, those trips when you drive a long way and you spend as much time driving there and back as you do in the woods and actually have a successful hunt that's a great trip yeah so, hard to beat that hard yeah. to beat that yeah especially for a place that uh, you fully suspect spending three maybe four days and even at that don't expect you know high success rate yeah yep it was a really good trip you know obviously getting a mark of state off the list is a great thing getting there safely and back is a great thing 
getting just to hunt on a piece of ground that's as pretty as that was was just a real treat you know and it's really funny as i get older just being able to appreciate things like that you know it's just i don't know it's little things that that really add up to make a hunt a good hunt a great hunt you know just killing that turkey on that ground that some of the prettiest ground that I've ever stepped foot on and then being able to mark off a tough state I mean it just couldn't get any better than that so I was thankful that was new state number two for me at that point in the season this past turkey season this past spring so the first one was another good one and we'll have that hunt coming up we're gonna have a guest with us on that when we play the audio for that hunt Mr. McDonald coming back yes sir yes sir but that was uh, again i just couldn't be more thankful yeah absolutely Uh, when i got that picture from you uh, i think my first reaction was like bs dude like (laughs) you did not on the first day no way and then you i called you and you're like yeah it happened man (laughs) yep yep it's always you know again it's these little things that add up it's a treat to kill a bird on a piece of ground that you've never stepped foot on Yeah. your first time being there. I mean, there's eight or ten things that I could say were just incredible about that hunt. But, you know, I didn't get back to the truck and get my sandwich when I wanted it originally because I got interrupted by these two turkeys gobbling. That's the only negative thing I can say about the whole trip. How about that? That's If that's negative, then I hope <laughs> I have a ton of negativity in my life. <laughs> That's why God gifted me with this fat reserves that I have. <laughs> oh, me. Yep. So, man, just, you know, makes me miss it. But listening to these hunts, but it is fun reliving them this time of year when it's 100, literally 100 degrees outside. Yeah, it is just brutally hot these days. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have a favor of the week for us this week? Let's see. My favor of the week this week... How about a little research project for everybody? Something I'm researching. I'd like a little back and forth on this. Neonics, neonictatoids, I believe is the main word, I suspect is a reason for turkey declines. Part of it, not all of it, part of it. Do some research on that. N-E-O-N-I-C-S, neonics. And if you have something you'd like to say about it, shoot me an email at cameron.weddington at gmail.com because i've been researching it it looks really interesting so this is kind of a unique ask for the week but i'd like to talk to somebody about it if you're a farmer or something and you think that they have no impact on birds bees insects species let me know point me to some studies that way because it's looking likely that this could be a, a cause for decline in wild turkeys and so i'd love to have some discussion with somebody about it so well, some of what I've seen on it, it's not just turkeys. Oh, it, it absolutely is the main reason for the, the bumblebee decline. I mean, without a doubt almost. I mean, the European Union has outlawed it because of how many bumblebees it's killing. Well, and there's birds. some evidence to show that it even affects, possibly affects white-tailed deer. Yeah, I mean, the, they said reproductive health of white-tailed deer goes down. So. I mean, look, if this stuff can harm white-tailed deer... It's got to be outlawed. Yeah, there that's, you go. <laughs> that's all we care about. 
Yeah, 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 sure. It killed all the turkeys, but it got a deer last year. Okay, one, all right. One deer. Yeah, one deer died forever. because of neonics. So we've got to get these things banned. But, yeah. you know, you brought up an interesting request, and I think it's something that not a lot of people would have asked for, and that was when you said, hey, if you're a farmer and you think that these things do much more good than harm, then you want to hear that opinion too. So, you know, it's oh, good yeah. to have an open mind. Well, I mean, I've read studies and they all say the same thing. So now I have like a bias of this probably is a problem. So in my mind, in order to have a fair view of it, I need somebody on the other side who has ammunition to back up the fact that this isn't a problem to show me it's not, you know? Yeah. And then I can make a really good judgment call on it. But as of right now, it looks very likely that it has detrimental effects, especially on birds. It hasn't been studied in turkeys, which is a bird, but smaller birds that they've studied, owls and sparrows and all types of things, it, it has definitely shown a detrimental effect on reproduction specifically, which we all know pulp production is very low right now. So yeah. <laughs> could this be part of it? You know, so I think it, I think it's a topic worth exploring. So if you have any knowledge of this, this, hey, these are our June listeners, man. So I know somebody out there is going to dive into this and I want to talk about it with somebody. So Cameron.Weddington at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. I'll be back on social media in two or three months. Maybe it's pretty nice being off, but we can mm. talk about it now to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It is nice not being caught in the web. It is a big waste of time most of the time, but there, there is some good can come from it. But Neonix, if you got something on that, that's my favorite of the week. Hit me up on my email at gmail.com and we'll we'll talk Neonix. If you hey, even if you have something that you don't think I've seen that shows adverse effects of Neonix, send me send me that too. You know, whichever side of the aisle you're on, I just I'd love to see more discussion on this. Awesome. I'm going to do one thing before we cut the show for the week. I'm a little bit encouraged. Uh-oh. We are 275 days, 9 hours, 44 minutes, and 58 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Maybe. May Yeah, maybe. Good point. Well, I know Tennessee, we are 297 days, 7 hours, and 46 minutes, which is two weeks longer than it used to be, but... I think it's for the better. Yeah, no doubt. Cool, man. What do you say we wrap it up? Wrap it on up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.